My Family and Other Mysteries, a Harefield Press podcast presented by Paula Jeffrey. Hello, thanks for joining me again. Here's a quick reprise from the last episode. It was 1841 and Jabez Rainbow, aged 18, had run away from his apprenticeship and his family in Coventry. He changed his name to Kirk, his mother's maiden name, and joined the army. The majority of his regiment was stationed in Canada, so he was sent to St Albans to join a recruitment team. In the 1840s, St Albans was a busy market town. It was the first stop for horse-drawn carriages and coaches coming from London, with as many as 70 a day passing through. Some of the numerous coaching inns could stable dozens of horses overnight. So it was against this background of a bustling town filled with temporary travellers that Jabez met Jane. Jane Pierce was 20. She was born and lived in St Albans all her life and was a straw platter. It appeared that she met Jabez just a few weeks after he arrived in town. On the 1841 census, Jane's living with her widowed mother and youngest siblings in Christopher Yard. Christopher Yard was mm, one of the most disreputable areas of town, just off the main market square. Jane came from a large family and they'd had their fair share of troubles over the years. In 1836, two of her older brothers, Joseph and George, were transported to Van Diemen's Land, which is now Tasmania, for larceny. Joseph and George were 18 and 16, respectively. In 1838, Jane herself was in trouble, being arrested for larceny. She was acquitted with the note no bill attached to the record, which commonly meant there was not enough evidence. It always amazes me how you can disappear down a rabbit hole when you start researching something which on the surface looks quite easy and simple and quick. This is what happened when I started looking into Jane's occupation, which was straw platter. It turns out that the cottage industry of straw platting employed something like 30,000 women and children at its peak in around 1871. Because the quality of the land produced the right colour of straw, the counties of Buckinghamshire, Bedfordshire, Berkshire and Hertfordshire were the centre of the straw platting industry. Women would buy the straw from a middleman, take it home, plait it into coils and return it. He would then sell the straw coils onto hat factories to make bonnets and hats. 
Queen Victoria had popularised straw bonnets and demand soared. The industry flourished, not least because it was simple and required no equipment. Women could walk around, look after their children and be platting at the same time. The effects of this industry on the, the local economy was um, considerable. Agricultural labourers were typically earning between 10 and 12 shillings a week, whereas a top-rate straw platter could earn as much as 5 shillings a day. The great and the good complained that this m- made men lazy and they relied on their wives to bring in the income. Letters were written to local newspapers complaining about the difficulty in getting and retaining servants. One letter proclaimed that straw platting makes the poor saucy and no servants can be found or any field work done. Personally, I love the idea of the saucy poor. And eventually... Wages for both agricultural workers and domestic servants had to be raised in straw platting areas. The next part of Jane and Jabez's story is well documented inasmuch as local and national newspapers carried the story for several months. There is a question as to how accurate these accounts may have been, and to assess that, we need to bear in mind how Victorian newspapers reported crime compared to the media of today. We may categorise modern tabloids as belonging to that particular genre referred to as the gutter press. But in the 1840s, almost all newspapers appealed to this desire for sensationalism. Gory descriptions of crimes were commonplace, with details leaving little to the imagination, and the more violent the crime, the more column inches it was given. There appeared to be no consideration given to the notion of a fair trial, with character assassination, assumption and gossip commonplace in newspapers, even before the accused appeared in court. Journalism was a relatively new profession, and editors, always keen to cut down costs, would employ hack writers or penny-aligners. These were often serious writers hoping to earn a crust from journalism to help finance their more serious writing of novels or poetry. As the name suggests, they were paid by the line and flowery prose became the order of the day as they looked to increase their revenue. They had no regular income and worked freelance, selling their stories to the morning journals. If a major crime had been committed, it was a race to write the column and literally run to the editor's office to get it on his desk first. Such was the rivalry that one newspaper office had to install a locked box with a slot to post the submissions as rival writers would steal each other's copy from the editor's desk in order to eliminate the competition. 
Fabrication of stories was also commonplace, with reports such as a false story of a suicide of an unidentifiable person submitted when real stories proved to be elusive. These were unlikely to be double-checked and provided some income when times were hard. It's impossible to judge just how accurate the reports are of Jabez and his trial, given that they are rife with speculation and inconsistencies, but the basic facts are clear. Sometime at the beginning of 1841, Jane Pierce Straw Platter met Jabez Rainbow, soldier, and they developed some kind of relationship. Now, that might have been boyfriend-girlfriend, or it might have been prostitute-client. However, what we can be sure of is that on the morning of October the 4th, Jabez attacked Jane in the most brutal manner. Join me next time when we look a little closer at Jane and Jabez's relationship and what happened on that morning at the Boot Public House in St Albans. This was a Harefield Press podcast, written, produced and presented by me, Paula Jeffrey, with extracts from the book Chasing Rainbows, also by me, Paula Jeffrey, at an Amazon store near you. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.